Growing up, especially during my high school time, I was very much involved in the Boy Scout back home. I know in, in the church we have few people who also work with the Boy Scout. I just haven't got a chance to talk to them so that I can compare a little bit if the way we do things back home is just the similarities and differences. One thing that I remember that we used to do as I was being promoted, like in rankings, usually during the Christmas break, Easter break, or the summer break, we will go and camp outside the city. Most of the time, closer to the, like the nearby villages, sometimes it was far. And one of the things as the leaders that we were required to do was um, orientation, and um, um, there was orientation, I forgot the second term that we, do, we, we, we did. I didn't get a chance to do that a lot, but this, we were required to do this if you go into a new village that we've never been before, is to, we had a section that we were taught to about constellation and stars. So the way the stars, they appeared, uh, there is a way that some shapes, I'm tempted to say there's some names, but I guess they are different from English to French, but there are some constellations that literally point you to the north. So for us, because we used to do a lot of night activities, so we were required to kind of locate our camping because we'll be, we won't be in the village, we'll be right in the bush, and from there, we can identify the closest road, the, the village, or the closest hospital. All this just to say that it's possible to be, um, to be led or to follow the stars, just the same way the wise men did. This morning, we are going to look at a very interesting story. And, uh, and thank you, Pastor Hemi, for doing the children's time. Because I was thinking that if it was me, what would have been the perfect message? So don't judge me. But I was thinking I would have titled it for the children's time, They Miss the Baby Shower. Because literally, it looks like Mary organized the baby shower and sent out the invitations. And you know, they had to use like donkeys. It took time to reach to, to the wise men. So by the time the invitation got there, and by the time they start traveling, Jesus was already born. But the most important thing is they brought the gift, because that's what people do at baby showers. And uh, so I don't know if that's theologically correct, but I'm grateful that Pastor Hemi rescued me on that one. If you are someone who likes music and who likes history, the hymn that we are doing this morning is We the Three Kings of Orient. It's based on Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 to 12. If you know it, it's, it's the whole, it was written by John Hopkins. At first, it was a little bit frustrating for me because he kind of mixed some theological themes into the hymn. And I'm a big fan of hymns because I strongly believe that they were written, they are grounded in the scripture, they are grounded in the theology, they are way different than some of the contemporary songs that we have. But again, as I was looking at the hymn, 
I felt like it was the perfect message, like the combination was not disorganized, but he was trying to pass on the message that I think that we might need to hear this morning. Now, before going into those messages this morning, I'd like just to point out a few misconceptions that we have about the wise men. Just going to point out three of them. We all know that there were three. But Matthew never mentioned that there were three. That's probably something that came down with tradition. As a matter of fact, the Greek words that is used there implies that it was plural. There were probably more than three. And most scholars believe that the number three was associated to the three gifts that they brought. And um, the second misconception that I grew up also believing that is that the wise men, they were kings. That might not necessarily be true. Because if they were kings, they wouldn't travel only the three of them. They would have had a big entourage with them, traveling with them, since I guess it would have been some type of official journey they are taking. The last one is probably the most painful one because when I discovered it, I almost cried. Because I always believed that the names of the three wise men was in the Bible. And if you've heard about the names, there is Melchior, Caspar, and Balthazar. Growing up, we used to have this, I don't know if it's a good habit or a bad habit, when, when you, somebody challenged you on something you say, and you're going to say, okay, if I'm right, we are going to ask somebody or check it. If I'm right, you owe me $2 or $1. And I'm pretty sure I lost a lot of money on this one. Because I believed that these names were in the Bible. And I would tell everybody, it's like, we learned it at Sunday school. They were not in, they are not in the Bible. Matthew never mentioned them in the Bible. They probably came with tradition. But that does not make the whole essence of the story irrelevant. The core of the message that Matthew was trying to pass still stands. We have these three people, or this group of people. You see, I'm still saying three. It would take me a while. We have these wise men traveling far come and celebrate and worship Jesus. Now, when I was looking at the hymn, the first, second, and third stanza, the, the, the author kind of like, he focused it on these three, on these wise men and the gift they brought. But on the fourth, he moved to the death of Jesus in the same song. And on the fifth, he's talking about the resurrection. And I was like, come on, John Hopkins, should have just kept it straight. I think as time has passed, and you've probably heard me say this, and I'm going to say it again, because I feel like this has been the message that has been in my heart throughout this season. As time has passed, we have lost the essence the meaning of what Christmas is all about. Especially with 
everything when it comes with Christmas and uh, um, what probably comes to mind is probably holidays, is probably sales, is probably these other things. It is taking away slowly what this celebration is about. And I think this hymn captured it very well. And that's what's something I would like to share with us this morning. We start by emphasizing about how these people traveled from afar. They didn't come empty-handed. They came with gift. What an amazing way to celebrate Christmas, to celebrate Jesus by handing out gift. This is one thing that I'm very grateful, very proud of our church is that we are a very generous church. Um, and I'm going to confess here, Pastor Hemi didn't tell me that we hit the, the goal for the Christmas gift, so I was as surprised as all of you. This just shows the heart that we have as a church of being generous. And when I was sitting, I was like, what's an amazing way to celebrate Christmas? We didn't celebrate ourselves. We celebrated with every family in our area. Something that the wise men did as well. They walked a long distance. They didn't, they didn't go empty-handed, but they went with gift. As Pastor Hemi has mentioned during the children's time, like, we are still in the season of giving. My prayer is that this heart of generosity will not only be stopped at the church level. My prayer is that each one of us will grab it and it will touch our lives personally that we, I'm not saying we shouldn't be generous as a church, I'm saying to feel the impact of that life of giving, even at a personal level. Celebrating Christmas by being generous to other people. Celebrating Christmas by being generous to the person down the road that you haven't talked to or you've never spoken before. Celebrating Christmas by being generous to people who don't look necessarily like you, who do not live in your neighborhood. Because this is what Christmas is all about. And I hope because we are still in that season, you can still make up your mind and still celebrate with other people this season. The second point that this hymn is giving us is the twist that he gave in the one hymn he talks about Jesus being a baby, his death, and his resurrection. Personally, I think this is what Christmas celebration should be about. It should be a time that reminds us that as Christians, we have a Savior. God expressed his love by sending his only son to die for us. So in as much as at first time I was a little bit frustrated about the way he arranged the hymn, but at the end I was like, I agree with him. Every time we celebrate Jesus, 
Let's also remember that he came for us. He came to save us. He came to redeem us. We shouldn't just kind of box him into a baby image. But let's also remember that he went to the cross for us. He died for us and resurrected for us. What do I mean by that? I know this is a new year and we have different resolutions that we, we've decided to, uh, to take. But I would like us to search within ourselves as we are still celebrating Christmas. What is the sin that you want Christ to die for you this year? Because that's literally what Jesus came, is to die for our sins. So Christmas should be a time that reminds us that we are sinners, not so that we can live in sin, but that somebody died for us. So it should also be a season after all the, 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 the festive uh, season that we've come out of, I think it should also be a time of meditation where we look into ourselves. What is it, that habit that probably we've picked up this year and we can see within ourselves that something has changed or probably everybody around us is probably pointing out the same thing, that you would like Jesus to take it from you. And you know Jesus works in different ways. He may lead you to go and seek professional help. There are other things that he may also help you to deal with that. Is it unforgiveness? Maybe you haven't been able to forgive yourself or you haven't been able to forgive somebody. This Christmas should be a time where we look deep inside ourselves and say, Jesus, Thank you, God, for sending Jesus to die for me. And will you help me from this? I wouldn't probably be able to point out and list everything. But my prayer is that the Spirit of God will help us, will speak to our heart, and will convince us deep within our heart what Christ needs to die for this year. This is a new year. There are some of the struggles that we don't have to take them by ourselves. Jesus is there for us. And you've probably heard me say this multiple times, and I repeat it because I believe in it, is before the world can see Jesus, they see us first. Us who come to the church every Sunday. Us who claim to be Methodist. Us who claim to be spiritual. So if you do not accept the salvation of Christ, then the world will not see Jesus in us. We are not perfect, all of us. But Jesus is, help, is there to help us so that we can represent him in the world in a way that people can look at our lives, the way we love, the way we help, the way we reach out, 
the way we live. And they say, I want to be like Christians. So this morning, or every time, you'll probably come across this hymn or this carol. Let it remind us that Jesus is there for us. Let's remind us that he died for our sins. And let's be reminded that the world is looking at us as the ambassadors of Christ. I hope this message will bless us and will help us to work with us throughout this year. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen.